0: Good morning. The scripture reading today is from, there's two passages. The first is Mark chapter 6, verse 30 and 31. Um, And it's on page 817 in your pew Bible. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. The next reading is on page 503, I'm sorry, 502, and it's Psalm 131. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
1: I wonder... Uh, How many hunters do we have in the house this morning? A few? Pardon me? Armed hikers. Armed hikers. (laughs) (laughs) Armed hikers. You know, I am not a hunter. I'm an unarmed hiker. But I do know that hunting involves quite a bit of sitting still and waiting. Is that true? You can't be rustling around in your bag of chips. You can't be on your phone distracted. You can't be carrying on a conversation with your hunting partner. You have to just sit still, pay attention, watch the underbrush, listen for noises. And in that way, um, hunting is a bit like prayer. Hunting is like prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle with that. I have trouble First of all, unplugging from all of the distractions out there and the things that I'm tempted to watch and listen to and read and occupy myself with to make space to listen to God. And even when I do make space for it, I find that the distractions uh, that come within me, from within me, are enough to set me off course. And, And... in that, it can be tempting to think, I'm not really accomplishing anything, so what's the point? I should just stop and do something else. Does anyone, Can anyone relate to me with that? Thank you. In the 1600s, a, a French theologian and philosopher named Blaise Pascal noticed this problem in his generation, and he wrote, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. (laughs) Recently, researchers at the University of Virginia have conducted a series of studies which which show just how much people hate sitting alone in a room. The study asked participants ranging ranging from ages 18 to 77 to sit alone in a room with nothing to do, nothing to look at, nothing to listen to, nothing uh, to read, for 15 minutes, and then a report about the experience. Almost all of them said they didn't like that experience. It was unpleasant. Being alone with their thoughts was something uncomfortable. Now, they, they did several studies in this um, research, and the next thing they did was said, okay, you can either sit in this room alone with nothing to do for fifteen minutes, or if you want something to do, there's a button which will give yourself a shock. And you can try that. And two thirds of the participants actually shocked themselves rather than just doing nothing for fifteen minutes. We would do we would rather do almost anything than just sit alone in the quiet with our own thoughts. But this is a problem because if we want to grow in our relationship with God, we need to learn to sit still. We need to learn to be silent. We need to learn to quiet our heart, to be like the psalm said, to quiet our soul like a weaned child with its mother. Um, we need to learn to to be still and silent. And the good news is that all of us can do this. It's not something that's impossible. It's not just for a few people like gurus or spiritual experts. We can all do this. So this morning I want to talk about why, first of all, why we need silence and stillness in our lives. And second, how we can actually get it and what that looks like. So first, why do we need it? And I want to look at the passage I chose from Mark, chapter 6. Jesus has just sent out his 12 disciples to do ministry in his name. I'm giving you the context here. So back in chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Then Jesus called the 12 to him and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. Down to verse 12, it says, They went out and they preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So the disciples are out there doing all these great things for Jesus. Um, Can you imagine how it must have felt to have Jesus' power and authority flowing through you and to, to do these amazing things for him? I'm sure they were fired up about that right? They get back to Jesus in verse 30. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Can you imagine the stories they were telling? Like, Jesus, we were in this one town and started preaching about the kingdom and and talking about you. And then, like, all these sick people came and we we just healed them in your name. They got better. And then this guy stood up and started shrieking who had an evil spirit. And we just like you do, Jesus, we spoke to him and your name and cast out the Spirit, and, and the Spirit left. They're like, wow, look at all the stuff we've been doing for Jesus. And so Jesus says, Good job, guys, but there's a lot more work to do, a lot more people to help, so let's not waste any time. Let's get out there and do it, right? No. Look at it, verse 31 because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat he said to them come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest jesus is like i am so glad for all that you've done for me i i commend you for that And now I want you to know that being with me is even more important than working for me. I want you to root your identity in my love and not in what you do for me. I think that's why Jesus called them away. Jesus says, you need to come away with me, away from the crowds, away from the distractions, away from the needs of others, away from the noise, and just be with me in a quiet place. And that's the same thing that Jesus calls us to do, each one of us, to come and be still with him in the quiet. And I'm not just talking about, you know, having your morning Bible reading, although that's certainly part of it. I'm talking about the discipline of silence and stillness. So, what happens as we do that, as we slow down and simply give our attention to God? I've been learning slowly that silence and stillness actually helps me, I should say, helps me actually believe that God loves me just because. Just He loves me in Christ, not because of what I do, not based on my achievements or my failures but just because Jesus died for me, you know? Um, that's, That's what Jesus wanted to teach his disciples, just to rest in his love. And that is what David understood, I think, when he wrote, I have calmed and quieted my soul. I am like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I am content." It's just about resting in God's love like a a kid on his mother's lap. Just being there with our Father. How many of you ever struggle in prayer because your mind is wandering and you feel like you aren't accomplishing anything? What's the point of spending this time if I'm just thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch? Or the problem that happened yesterday, right? I'm not doing anything important. But what if it's not about doing something? What if it's just about being in God's presence? Has it ever occurred to you that God wants to give you His attention? And that God wants you to give Him your attention? Not necessarily getting through a list of prayer items or achieving some particular emotional state. And she sh- says this, Silence challenges our cultural addiction to amusement, words, music, advertising, noise, alarms, and voices. You see, it's not just that these things are out there, but we're actually addicted to them. Maybe it's, have you ever thought, that's why it's hard to be still and silent, because you crave some stimulation, some, uh, something to take your thoughts away from yourself and away from God. We're addicted to these noises. But that addiction comes at a high cost. The cost is just staying on the surface of our relationship with God and not dropping down into the depths where he wants to meet us through Silence and stillness and and meditation on his word and on who he is right those are the reasons why it 's important. Th- those are some reasons why being still and quiet really matter for us. but what does it actually look like in practice? How can we actually do this um, in psalm one thirty one David David wrote, I have calmed and quieted myself. So how can you calm and quiet yourself? How can you get to that place of contentment and resting in the Lord? Well, it takes practice. Um, All of us can do it. But the truth is, you you can build into your life moments, even little moments, of stillness and silence. You may think, "Well, I I my life is crazy. I have I have 25 kids to take care of. I have an 80-hour week job. I have whatever." Or maybe you are retired, but it's like I have all these appointments to go to and people to keep up with and things to do. But listen, all of us can build moments of stillness and silence into our lives. Start by taking out your phone and turning off all but the most essential notifications. Maybe even turning your phone off sometimes. It's hard for people in the younger generation like me because so much of our lives is mediated through this thing. But turn off all of those beeps and alarms that are constantly calling you back to this portal like a, a dog responding to a whistle. Right? Right? <laughs> And then sometimes, maybe when you get in the car to drive somewhere, don't turn the radio on. Just be silent with the Lord. Or maybe sometimes when the kids are finally in bed or maybe the kids are finally occupied, instead of running to your phone to get caught up on the world, just be still in that moment. Offer your frustrations and your unmet needs to the Lord. Um, some nights after dinner, don't turn on the TV. Just enjoy the stillness of the house. Sometimes maybe when you're doing a chore, don't have music or background noise. Just do it and be present in your heart to the Lord. Right? Sometimes at work, maybe eat your lunch away from your desk and away from other people and just in a quiet place where you can be still and calm and quiet your heart. Or take a walk alone without your headphones in and be present to Jesus. There's so many ways we can build in those moments of quiet. And I also want to challenge you to try taking longer periods of quiet, of stillness. Maybe set an alarm, set a timer for 15 minutes and simply Be in God's presence. It's okay to feel bored or anxious or useless or distracted. In fact, when those thoughts come, simply offer them back to God and say, God, this is how I feel right now. Come meet me in this time. Imagine this jar of water is the inside of you imagine it's your soul if it's constantly in motion it's cloudy you don't really know what's going on there what does it take for the water to clear in this jar it has to be still the longer you're still the longer you things settle and you begin to understand what's actually happening in your heart It's tempting to to stir it up and to to pick up a book or a podcast or look at your phone or uh, fill the silence with something. But sometimes we need to be still and let ourselves settle in God's presence. And as you do that, you might realize you're sad or angry or anxious or have an unmet longing. You may become aware of some sin or failure in your life. You may just feel bored. Um, But God actually wants you to bring your real self to Him. Not a cleaned up version of yourself, not an extra spiritual version of yourself. He He wants you, and to give you His attention. And in those times of silence, you might find that although you're not trying to accomplish anything, God actually... Meets you and speaks to you, and it's a very fruitful time. Meg was telling me last week about one experience she had, and rather than me tell you about it, I'm going to invite you to invite her to tell you herself.
2: Well, so like Tyler's been talking about, um, I I sometimes will take a few minutes, usually in the morning when people are sleeping in my house and, um, just try to be present to God. And in the past, I think I've often, um, approached it maybe more like something I could succeed or fail at. I think I approach a lot of things that way. Um, and it has been good, but also frustrating at times. Um, but a few weeks ago i read i read something that talked about not to approach silence and solitude as a pass fail exercise but just as an exercise as a practice something you could practice doing and try and um so uh i went into this i think moment with of quiet and god's presence with a, a maybe a little lower expectation of myself and a little less pressure. And um, I i think in the past I sort of tried to make something happen, right? Make the time worthwhile, make it count. And I really was just in this moment trying to enjoy God, trying to just recognize he was there and be with him. And um, so I spent a few minutes sitting there and getting distracted and then realizing, oh, I'm distracted and let me pay attention to, to the Lord again. And, um, and then a while into this time, um, the, the Holy Spirit brought, brought to me just an awareness that I was angry. So um, sort of information about me, <laughs> Not as much information about him, but but sort of showing me the cloudiness that that anger in my soul and and then, um, I just sort of sat with that for a minute and and then um, this might sound strange as I explain it, but a picture came to my mind. God speaks to me a lot through through pictures. He speaks to all of us in different ways, but that's a way he often speaks to me, and it was a picture of kind of an iceberg and um there was he he sort of through that picture made it clear like your anger is the tip of this iceberg, but underneath it is is all this unforgiveness you have towards towards someone and um, I, I was not aware of that it was it was new information for me, and it was um transformative and so um I went on to spend the rest of the time forgiving that person and, um, and then have seen really significant change in my relationship with them um, over the last few weeks. So all from doing nothing. <laughs> That's what God did.
1: Okay. Thank you, Meg. You see, this is something we can all do. It doesn't take a special skill set or level of spirituality. But in doing in doing these, uh, just in having moments of stillness, we begin to learn to hear God's voice. Um, I want to tell you a quick story to close that I heard years ago, whether true or fictional, I'm not sure, but it, it went something like this. Um, a businessman and a a Mohawk Indian were walking together down a busy sidewalk in Manhattan. The Mohawk stopped his friend and said, do you hear that? The businessman said, no, what? Oh, don't you hear those crickets chirping in the grate over there? He said, no. So they kept walking, and after a few more minutes, the Mohawk stopped and said, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Isn't that beautiful? And his friend said, no, what? It's the sound of those pigeons cooing in the tower up there. And they kept walking, and again the Mohawk stopped and said, Don't you hear that songbird in the park singing that beautiful song? And the businessman said, You must have much better hearing than I do because I can't hear any of that stuff. This is a busy sidewalk, a busy city. Well, without a word, the Mohawk reached into his pocket and fished out a few pennies and dropped them on the sidewalk, and they made their unmistakable tinkling, you know, uh, tinny noise. And instantly, a crowd stopped and turned to look to where that sound had come from. And the Mohawk said, "You see, everything, everyone is listening for something. And so, silence, friends, can help us listen for God." to help, help us tune out the distractions that are all around us and help us listen to the one who loves us. As you do that, God's voice may be a gentle nudge to do something like forgive someone. It may be a verse of scripture that, that comes to your mind or the simple wordless knowledge that Jesus loves you. And so I want to do this right now as we close our service today. I want to take a few minutes and allow you just to be silent and quiet and still before God. Now you may hear noises, you may hear the kids downstairs or someone cough or people shifting in their seats. And I'd encourage you, um, whatever distractions come from the outside or the inside, simply, simply offer them to the Lord and say, God, here I am. I want to enjoy you for this moment. Amen.